You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I want you to turn again to John chapter number 10. John chapter number 10. Now, if you're a Baptist, here's what you do. You have a Sunday morning bulletin. You have a Sunday school class bulletin. You have a Wednesday evening bulletin. And if you just leave those in your Bible this week, then next week you'll already be prepared. So John chapter number 10, that's the Sunday school bulletin. Hebrews chapter 13, that's the Sunday morning bulletin. And 1 Peter chapter number 5, that's the Wednesday evening bulletin. Now let's read our scripture text from the New Testament. John chapter 10 and verse number 11. The Lord Jesus speaking, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Then if we turn to Hebrews chapter number 13, we find the writer of Hebrews tells us in verse number 20, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And then in 1 Peter chapter number 5 and verse number 4, the Apostle Peter writing says, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Last week we began a study on the Lord Jesus Christ and the work of his shepherdhood. Our verses this evening each speak of an aspect of this great ministry. In John chapter number 10 and verse number 11, Jesus identifies himself as the good shepherd. In Hebrews chapter number 13, the writer refers to Christ as the great shepherd. And in 1 Peter chapter number 5, the Apostle Peter speaks of our coming Lord as the chief shepherd. We noted last Wednesday that these three descriptions of Christ as the good, the great, and the chief shepherd in the New Testament are presented to us in the Old Testament in a trilogy of Psalms. Psalm 22, 23, and 24. In Psalm 22, we see the cross of the good shepherd. In Psalm 23, we see the crook of the great shepherd. And in Psalm 24, we see the crown of the chief shepherd. Psalm 22 is the foundation. Psalm 23 is the manifestation. And Psalm 24 is the expectation. In Psalm 22, the good shepherd is crucified for us. In Psalm 23, the great shepherd is caring for us. And in Psalm 24, the chief shepherd is coming for us. Last week, we looked at Psalm 22, the psalm of the crucified Savior. And tonight, we're going to look at Psalm 23. It is the psalm of the comforting shepherd. 
Much has been written about this psalm. It's probably, if not apart from John 3.16, Psalm 23 is probably the most well-known and most beloved passage of Scripture in the Word of God. And there have been many, many books written about this psalm, although its six verses are very short and simple. In one respect, it is kind of like the Gettysburg Address as far as brevity is concerned. Someone once said, I do not care how much a man says if he says it in a few words. That's the way you feel when I stand behind the pulpit. You don't care how much I say as long as I can say it in a few words. And Psalm 23 has a few words. It is brief. It is not the language of philosophy. It is not the language of theology. It is not a legal or scientific document. Someone has said it is just sublimely simple and simply sublime. In this psalm, we see relationship for the Lord is my shepherd. In this psalm, we discover leadership, for he leadeth me. In this psalm, we see friendship, for thou art with me. We discover fellowship, for thou preparest a table before me. We find companionship as goodness and mercy follow me. And we see citizenship, for I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever." Despite its brevity, the question soon becomes, how can we cover this psalm in the allotted time? The answer simply is we cannot. We can only touch the hem of the garment of what is contained in this great psalm this evening. But could I say to you that if a touch of the hem of the garment of the Lord Jesus Christ was enough to solve the problem of the woman with the issue of blood in Luke chapter number 8, then surely a touch of the garment of the great shepherd in Psalm 23 will be enough to remind us of who he is, to cause us to rejoice in all that he does, and to help us resolve to serve him when we go forth from this place into a dark world. Let's then briefly consider the ministry of this great shepherd. First of all, I would say it is a ministry of provision. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. As we open this psalm, the writer begins with a declaration. The Lord is my shepherd. Many years ago, the great Dr. Joseph Parker came to his pulpit and he announced his scripture reading as the 23rd psalm. Slowly and distinctly, he began to read the Lord is my shepherd. Then there was a long pause. 
Finally, he lifted his head and with tears flowing down his cheeks, he closed his Bible and said, that is enough. Oh, could I just say tonight, if you can say the Lord is my shepherd, that takes care of everything else. You say, preacher, look what's going on around us. Oh, but look, the Lord is my shepherd. You say, look what the future looks like. Oh, but could I just say the Lord is my shepherd. What a declaration to make. That simple truth had so gripped Dr. Parker's heart that he could read no further. Think about very quickly as we look at this declaration, think about the who of this statement. The Lord is my shepherd. If you'll notice in your Bible, if you look, you'll discover that that word Lord is all capitals. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That is not a typographical error. In your King James Bible, as you read, you will discover that from time to time, the word Lord is written in all capital letters. Sometimes it's written like we would normally write it with a capital L and the remainder of the letters being small letters. That carries significance because when you see this word Lord all in capitals, it simply means Jehovah. That is, the word Jehovah is really actually made up of three tenses of the verb to be. The name Jehovah simply means he will be, he is, he was. Remember when Moses in Exodus chapter number three met the Lord at the burning bush. The Lord said, I want you, I've commissioned you, I'm sending you to deliver the children of Israel. And he says, when I go there and I tell them that I've been sent, who shall I say sent me? What is your name? Here's what the Lord said. He said, tell them, I am that I am. That is my name. My name is just the self-existent one. In fact, in this psalm, if you'll look, the first three words are the Lord is. The last three words are Lord forever. That takes care of everything else. The Lord is Lord forever. That solves every problem that mankind will ever face. That answers every heartache that you will ever know. That is the answer for every question that you have. The Lord is Lord forever. The who of this statement. But if that were not enough, consider the wonder of this statement. The Lord is my shepherd. You know, it's one thing to say the Lord is a shepherd. It's one thing to say the Lord is the good shepherd. When you can say the Lord is my shepherd, that makes all the difference in the world. Can you not see it? A group of ladies gathered around a cradle. Therein lies a healthy, kicking baby. And every one of those ladies are interested in that little infant. I can see them as they look and they discuss and they'll say things like, that's some baby. But, oh, there's one woman there who looks at it differently. She doesn't say that's some baby. She says, that's my baby. That makes all the difference in the world. 
Could I just say, he's my shepherd? I'm glad tonight that I can declare with the psalmist that the Lord is my shepherd. But could I say to you that the shepherd's care can only be claimed if you have been to the Savior's cross. If you have not been to Psalm 22, then Psalm 23 is not for you. You have to first go through Psalm 23 and meet the Savior of the cross, and then you can find the shepherd who will be your comfort and God on the roadway of life. I'm glad that he's my shepherd in January. I'm glad that he's my shepherd in February. I'm glad that he's my shepherd every month of the year. I'm glad that he's my shepherd on Sunday. I'm glad that he's my shepherd on Monday. And I'm glad that he's my shepherd every day of the week. I'm glad that he's my shepherd all the hours of the day. And he's my shepherd through the dark watches of the night. He's my shepherd in the sunshine. And he's my shepherd in the shadows. He's my shepherd when I'm here. But he's my shepherd when I'm there. He's my shepherd in the time of war, and he's my shepherd in a time of peace. He's my shepherd when I'm in prosperity, but he's still my shepherd when I'm in adversity. He's my shepherd because he purchased me at so great a price. He's my shepherd and he leads me by his spirit. He feeds me through his word. He keeps me by his power. And he wraps me in his arms of love. I'm glad tonight that I can say the Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd, that's the language of faith for a personal choice has been made. It's the language of love because the sheep trusts and loves the shepherd. It's the language of assurance because he's mine even if he is no one else's. It's the language of confession because I'm not able to care for myself and I need someone to provide and protect me. It's the language of experience because I know his care and I rejoice to say the Lord is my shepherd. I told you we weren't going to get very far tonight. The Lord is my shepherd. There's a declaration. But notice there follows very swiftly a deduction. I shall not want. Because the Lord is my shepherd, now I come to a conclusion, I come to an understanding, I come to a deduction, I shall not want. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. You know, one of the great verses about the taking care of our needs is found written by the Apostle Paul over in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Hey, you know, do you have jobs that you don't like to do? There are several things that I absolutely hate to do. Somehow I always wind up doing them, but I despise doing them. One thing I hate to do is paint. I almost would rather go visit the dentist than pick up a paintbrush. I hate to paint. Another thing I hate to do is hang pictures. Because if you hang pictures, eventually you're going to have to paint again. You know, you should just paint the walls. Don't put anything on them. Just leave them there and hopefully the rapture will occur before they have to be painted again. But I hate to hang pictures. They're, they're never quite balanced. They're never quite right. You can't get the one the same distance from the other one. And, 
It looks out of kilter. Pictures sometimes are a struggle. And in this verse, Philippians 4.19, Paul gives us three pictures. They're large pictures. And if we don't hang them in the right order, our lives will be a mess and we'll struggle and we'll be uncertain. We notice in the middle of this verse, there's a picture, a big picture called your need. It is very large. It is intimidating. It is almost overwhelming. You look at your family needs and you look at your financial needs and you look at your health needs and you look at your work needs and you look at all of these needs that are on this huge picture that must be hung. And it seems just too much to deal with. But see, you have to get it in the right perspective. You have this huge picture called your need in the center. It looks so big, so overwhelming. But then you reach up and you picture, you, pull, you pick up the picture of my God. And you hang it on one side. And when you see that picture of my God, he's the one who created the universe. He's the one who flung the stars from his fingertips and calls them all by their name. He's the one who makes the sun to rise and the sun to set. He's the one who causes the wind to blow and cares for the sparrow that falls. Oh, you know what? Your need doesn't look nearly so intimidating now that you've got your God hung close to it. But let's go to the other side. Let's hang the third picture, his riches. Oh, I, I could just tell you a little bit about him. He made everything. He owns all the hills, the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the gold under the hills. In fact, he has so much of that treasure that men die for here on earth that he uses it for paving material in his glorious city. For the street is paved of pure gold. He has walls of jasper, gates of pearl. And when you look at his riches in comparison to your need, you know what? Your need hasn't got any smaller, but it doesn't look nearly as overwhelming. No wonder the psalmist could say, when I look at the picture, the Lord is my shepherd. Now I can make the deduction I shall not want. And then he goes on to give us a demonstration these next two verses, he really explains or illustrates the claim that he has just made. I shall not want for rest, for he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. By the way, could I just say this? When you can't sleep at night, don't count sheep. Talk to the shepherd. That'll help you a lot. I shall not want for rest, for he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. I shall not want for refreshment, for he leadeth me beside the still waters. I shall not want for restoration, for he restoreth my soul. I shall not want for regulation, for he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. All oh, the psalmist could look around and say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want, for his riches are unsearchable. I shall not want, for his power is almighty. I shall not want for his faithfulness is unfailing. I shall not want for his love is unchanging. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. Is a ministry of provision. Could I say very quickly, number two, he has a ministry of protection. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now when we come to verse number four, we discover a change in this psalm. In verses one through three, the writer has been talking about the shepherd. But in verse number four, he begins to talk to the shepherd. What makes the difference? It's the presence of the valley. There's a little chorus they used to sing years ago. We don't sing it much anymore because our mindset has changed. But the word said this, thank you for the hill, for every hill I've climbed. Thank you for every time the sun didn't shine. Thank you for every lonely night I prayed till I knew everything was all right. And I thank you for the valley that I walked through today. Although this is a great and a dark valley that has interrupted the journey, there is still a sense of peace that is manifested. We can see it as we read the verse. There is peace in the inward heart, for he says, I will fear no evil. There's peace in the outward demeanor, for he says, I walk through the valley. There's peace in the forward look, because he says, I'm going through, I didn't come here to stay. You say, if he's going into this valley, a deep, dark valley, how in the world can there be peace? How can he walk through it calmly with no fear? How can he walk patiently and uh, slowly and steadily through this valley and looking forward to the other side? How can this be? Well, the answer is found in that little word, for. For thou art with me. Have you ever thought of how the Bible tells us the Lord is with us. He is before me to guide me. John chapter 10 and verse number 4, and when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. He is behind me to guard me, Psalm 139 and verse number 5, thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. He is beneath me to gird me, Deuteronomy 33, 27. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He is beside me to grace me with his presence, Psalm 16, 8. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. And he is beyond me in glory. No wonder the psalmist can walk through the valley of the shadow of death with a sense of peace and calm. You know, there are two great verses that I discovered in my study. Psalm 56 and verse number three is a verse that many of us claim. Psalm 56 and verse number three says, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Can I just be honest with you? Every once in a while, I get afraid. I, I, I have a fear of heights. You know, I believe what the Bible said. Jesus said, lo, I am with you always. So I'm going to stay low. I have a fear of heights. My kids make fun of me. Everybody I know makes fun of me. But I just like to stay close to the ground where if I fall, it's not going to hurt very much. 
We, when I was pastoring, we were remodeling the church. It was an old church built in the 1800s. We, the steeple was falling apart. We had to take the steeple off, and we had to put a new one up. Somehow or another, on that Friday night, I don't know how it happened. I don't know if it was malicious intent by the people of the church or whether I was just trying to overcome my fears. I wound up in the bucket truck up at the top of the steeple. Oh, I, I, I was a nervous wreck. I, I did what I was supposed to do, but I was so thankful when I arrived safely black, back on ground. That night I went home, that Friday night. We were going to get up early the next morning and finish the project on Saturday. That night I had a dream that not only was I falling, but my wife was falling. I was afraid. I was clinging with every fiber of my being, afraid to let go. And I finally came awake enough to hear a desperate voice with a beating arm saying, let me go, let me go. I had had that dream and my fear of falling. I had reached over to her side of the bed. I'd put the big arm lock on her right around her waist. I had squeezed her so hard I had cut off her oxygen. She, she wasn't going to fall. She might die of not being able to breathe, but it wasn't going to be a fall that took her out. You say, why did you do that? Because I was afraid that I was going to lose her. Let's say sometimes we get afraid. But the psalmist said, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. I thought, man, that's a great verse. But I kept reading. I found a better verse. Isaiah chapter 12 and verse number 2. The psalmist said, what time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. But Isaiah said, I will trust and not be afraid. Can I say we don't have to let fear rule our life? We don't have to let fear control us. We can trust and not be afraid for the Lord is our shepherd and he will walk with us. I've got to finish. Ministry of provision. Ministry of protection. But there's also a ministry of preparation. Remember our verse over in Hebrews chapter 13 and verses 20 and 21. He told what the purpose of this great shepherd was. That he might make you perfect in every good work to do his will. Working in you that which is well pleasing in his sight. And so the shepherd prepares us for all we need in his goal of bringing us to the place of doing his will. Let me just mention it quickly. There's the preparation for our fare. Thou preparest a table before me. And the word of God is the table prepared with all we need. It is bread and milk to sustain us. It is water to satisfy us. It is meat to strengthen us. And honey to sweeten the dark days of life. He makes preparation for our frailty. Thou anointest my head with oil. I wish I had time to explain it. The two greatest dangers that sheep would face were illness and injury. By the way, those are the two greatest dangers that you face as a Christian. Spiritual sickness and injury hurt from someone else. Can I tell you what the answer is? The oil of the Holy Spirit. If you'll just let him be applied and have his way in your heart and life, you'll not be given up to a spirit of bitterness. You'll not grow uh, sickly and fall aside and fall by the wayside, but you'll continue on walking with the shepherd. 
Preparation for our fair, preparation for our frailty, preparation for our fullness, my cup runneth over. Preparation for our footsteps, surely goodness. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies over all his works, the psalmist said in Psalm 145. Preparation for our failures even. Not only his goodness, but his mercy follows us. And it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. And then ultimately there's preparation for our future. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm reminded of the little boy who was asked to quote the 23rd Psalm. Psalm 23.1 was his memory verse for the Sunday school program. Like little boys do, he worked, he studied, he memorized. The hour came and he stood before the crowd and he kind of forgot what he was supposed to do. The teacher said, say your memory verse. And he stood there and she said, say your verse. And he just looked at her and she mouthed the words to him, the Lord is my shepherd. And in a loud voice he said, the Lord is my shepherd and that's all I want. And he ran off the the platform. Could I just say to you tonight, he may have messed up the text, but he got the truth right. The Lord is is my shepherd. Can I say, don't be afraid of what the world holds. Don't be intimidated by all that is going on around you. For we have a great shepherd who watches over us and cares for us and will safely escort us through the pathway of life until ultimately we arrive safely at home with him. The Lord is my shepherd. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this evening. Songwriter said, things that once were wild alarms cannot now disturb my rest. Closed in everlasting arms, pillowed on the loving breast. Old to lie forever here, Doubt and care and self-resign while he whispers in my ear, I am his and he is mine. I wonder tonight, do you know the Lord is your shepherd? You may be here this evening and you would have to say, I could not say beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Lord is my shepherd. The good news is Psalm 22 is still in the word of God. And he offered his life to save your soul. And if you would come tonight, the invitation, bow your heart and knee and trust Christ as your Savior, then you could leave this place saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But I would assume that the vast majority of people in these pews know not only the verse, but they know the truth. But how often we forget And how often we trust in our own strength and our own ability.
maybe tonight, the invitation, we just need to simply slip from our seat and come and say, Lord, you are my shepherd. Help me to trust in you. What though the way be lonely and dark the shadows fall, I know where'er he leadeth, my father planned it all. Is your road rough tonight? Are you walking through the valley? Remember, he is with you. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.